listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, February 9th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The road to renaming Sitka's Baranoff Elementary School has been rough in places, but a 19-member committee has spent the last few months narrowing the choices to five. They were presented to the Sitka School Board on Wednesday night. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The top five picks are all strong prospects for renaming Sitka's K-1 through grade elementary school and consistent with the successful strategy for renaming Sitka's 2nd through 5th grade building over 20 years ago from Verstovia Elementary to Kitgushihin, or Killer Whale Stream. Of the five choices, the runaway favorite based on community surveys is... Hoots Elementary School. About 53% of Sitkins surveyed favored Hoots Elementary. That's 303 votes out of 577 total responses. Hoots is pronounced with a raspy H sound and written in Hlingit orthography with the letter X. It means brown bear. Of the other four possibilities, only two brought in over 10% of the votes. They are... Katini Elementary School which means sockeye stream, and Shiyaki Elementary School, which means children of she, she being the original name of what is now called Baranoff Island. Arriving at just five choices was no simple matter. The renaming committee initially canvassed the community and received over 400 suggestions in its first survey. Of those suggestions, the committee excluded any that included somebody's name, which had derailed the renaming process a couple of years ago. That and other exclusions left 268 possibilities, of which each committee member ranked their top 20. Those choices were then winnowed down to the five possibilities that were sent out in a second online survey, which also had audio of the pronunciations. Former school board president Blossom Teal Olson served on the committee as a member of the public, She told current board members that the project was always about more than simply choosing a name. At the beginning of this whole process, our main point as a committee coming together was healing. Healing and moving forward and making sure that our actions really um, uplifted our community and allowed for learning the Clinket language, as well as learning about our community and the land that we live on. The healing is really twofold. Teal Olson touched on the generational trauma of indigenous people and people of color, which the renaming process was meant to address. And she also mentioned healing from divisions that emerged three years ago during the first iteration of the renaming process, when proposals to rename the school for distinguished elders generated some unanticipated acrimony. Teal Olson said this led the committee to stay with cultural conventions. We did stick to the traditional ways of naming buildings, places. Again, when this process was even brought up, we did have a hiccup before, so we readily acknowledged that and learned from that experience. And again, that became part of our foundation of moving forward, learning from our mistakes and making sure that um, we, in our actions, highlighted the traditional ways of um, the Clinket people who have been here since time immemorial. Teal Olson said that she enjoyed the public engagement built into the process, the time sitting at a table at Seamart, going to bingo nights and parent-teacher conferences. 
She thanked the Sitka Tribe of Alaska's social services and education departments for helping to get the word out and for making sure tribal elders could participate in the surveys. Board President Tristan Gavon said thanks should also go to Teal Olson for writing out what turned out to be a very challenging process. Just lastly, I wanted to recognize and thank you, Blossom, for all of the work and leadership you've shown on this. This idea, you know, started years ago, um, back when you were on the school board and prior to COVID, and um, just really appreciate you keeping this going and um, all the work that you personally have put into this, and I think that is worth worthy of recognition. The board will make a final decision on the renaming of Baranoff Elementary School at its regular meeting at 6 p.m. Thursday, March 7th, in the Sheetkakwan Nakahiti Community House. Teal Olson said there is a family barbecue to celebrate the school's new name planned for May. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Communities across the country are trying to cut down on plastic. For some, they've nixed plastic grocery bags. In a place as wet and rainy as Ketchikan, though, plastic bags are still as popular as ever. As KRBD's Jack Darrell reports, one grocery store is trying to collaborate with local artists and culture bearers to create a reusable option that is uniquely Southeast Alaskan. Kutskit Kilgungung. Kutskit Kilgungung. Michelle Eekman, the manager of the grocery store Alaskan and Proud and a Haida interpreter, is reading a Hodkill phrase on a reusable grocery bag. It's a bag she helped to create, and the phrase means taste is important. Hadkil is the language of the Haida people. There's a lot um, that does not translate today. Um, you know, we didn't have those words back then, and um, there is a large group that is working on uh, translating current phrases and words. The original phrase she was going for was taste matters but there's no direct translation. So she worked with local Haida elder Dolores Churchill, the only living native or fluent Hodkill speaker in the United States, to come up with the phrase. Klingit and Simsian Samogyik phrases, expressing similar sentiments, are all over the bag as well. Eekman says if people see more of these languages in their daily lives, who knows? Maybe they'll want to take a class. So um, they say that uh, people who know who they are are at lower risk of um, any kind of abuse, whether that be substances. When people know their language, it brings them to another level to where they feel more comfortable and confident. Alaskan and Proud, or ANP, has two locations in Ketchikan and one in Thorn Bay on Prince of Wales Island. Ben Williams is the franchise's owner. He says 100% of the proceeds of the bags will go to high school sports programs in Ketchikan, Metlakatla, Thorn Bay, Klawak, and Heidelberg. Part of the goal is to reduce plastic. You know, it's raining outside. It's Alaska. You, you can't use paper bags. They would fall apart. So plastic bags is always going to be a part of transferring goods. The other problem, Williams says, is a relatable one. Well-meaning people buy reusable grocery bags and then forget them at home. But if we can create what I'm hopeful for are nicer, reusable bags or ones that people are more proud of or people remember to take into the store, I am hoping that we can reduce the plastic uh, consumption in this area. William says to create the bag's design, he turned to the Ketchikan Area Arts and Humanities Council. 
who referred him to Kevin Clevenger, a local artist, and Simpson Carver. Clevenger says when he heard the proceeds for the bags were going to local high school sports programs, he was on board. He based the bag's design on a Bentwood box, the deftly carved and crafted cedar storage boxes traditionally used by the tribes of the Northwest Coast. Our Clinkett, Haida, and Simpson people, all of us, we stored everything in Bentwood boxes. Uh, everything from storage of food, like salmon, everything, all our food was stored in it. Everything to food to our regalia. And so I thought it was just fitting to do a Bentwood box design. What Clevenger came up with was an intricate design of a human form in the traditional red, black, and white. And it also features an allusion to a familiar figure for Haida and Simpson. It's a real abstract um, design of a figure in our culture called Mousoman. Uh, Mousoman is an elderly wise woman that helps people with the device. AMP says that if all goes as planned, total proceeds from the bags should total $25,000. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. Governor Mike Dunleavy is casting doubt on the future of a bill that would move many public sector workers back to a pension system. The proposal passed the bipartisan majority Senate in late January. If signed into law, many employees of state and local governments, including teachers, would have the option to switch from the existing defined contribution retirement plan to a pension plan. Proponents pitch it as a way to improve hiring and retention. In a news conference on Wednesday, Dunleavy said he was skeptical that a pension plan would make a significant difference in recruiting young people. Full disclaimer, I'm a tier one retiree. I was a teacher. But younger folks appear to be less interested in that. Supporters of the bill have said a pension system would help keep mid- and late-career police officers, teachers, and other government workers in their jobs. But Dunleavy said he preferred another idea, a three-year pilot program to provide teachers with yearly bonuses of between $5,000 and $15,000. Earlier this year, the House's Republican-led majority rolled the Dunleavy proposal into a larger education reform package that has yet to pass the chamber. So I would say that this issue that we're talking about in terms of recruitment and retention uh, will have a much larger impact. Dunleavy also touted investments in the Department of Public Safety that he said were meant to help recruit and retain state troopers. Dunleavy stopped short of issuing a veto threat on the pension plan, saying he had not seen the bill that passed the Senate on January 31st. But I'll tell you this, it is, we got to also stop being a Make-A-Wish Foundation. Meaning there's a lot of great ideas, but if you don't have the money to be able to do it, you got to allocate your limited resources to the places you think are going to have the best outcome. And that'll be a decision I have to make. Senate leadership has said the bill would not substantially increase the cost of retirement benefits, but opponents are skeptical. It's unclear whether the pension bill will make it to Dunleavy's desk. It's been referred to three House committees, which have yet to schedule a hearing on the bill. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.